0: Guys. Welcome to Overcrest, I'm Chris and I am Jake and with election day right around the corner as in tomorrow that's are right. listening to this on Monday we uh Jake dug up a crazy good episode for you guys I'm really excited yes. I don't know the details per usual it's kind of he's kind of dropping everything on me but we're gonna do an episode on the presidential limo that's which, right which I think is great we
1: hopefully didn't have you too scared there that we were gonna delve deep into politics yeah we'll no driveling on about that no yeah, no 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 this is a car podcast so in lieu of the election day i thought we'd take a moment to dig into the history of the official state car of the president of the united states
0: (laughs) all i think about is some fat politician waddling up to the podium (laughs) to tell us a bunch of crap that's all i hear when i when i hear that clip you know what's funny is i was at the um What's the museum? The Peterson Museum. Yeah. And they have like Saddam Hussein's limo down there and stuff. Okay. And everybody else's limo sucks compared to our limo. 100%. It's, that they is all, accurate. They all suck. And that is a fact. That is a fact. It America is, a fact. is awesome. Well. We've got the best limo. Correct. I mean. <laughs> 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 That's right. Often referred to
1: by its several nicknames, such as the first car, the limousine one, the stagecoach or Cadillac one, and more recently, the Beast. Which is the best name. It is. So before we delve too deep into this, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Petrol Box. Petrol Box is a monthly subscription service specifically made for the automotive enthusiasts. Each month they carefully select items including tools, detailing, supplies, apparel, garage gear, stickers, publications, flasks. Did you get your flask? I just,
0: well, my wife got her flask. <laughs> I already used my flask. It's pretty awesome. She it's got a her little flask, it's like a little it. jerry
1: can. It is. It's, it's awesome. Great. Yeah, it's great. They package all this awesome stuff and send it right to your doorstep every single month. And there's two levels of subscription to choose from. You have the PetrolBox basic, which costs less than twenty bucks a month, while the PetrolBox Premium gets you even more gear for thirty nine ninety-five a month. Check them out at mypetrolbox.com and use the code overcrest at checkout to get six
0: dollars off your first order. So you know one of the uh most fun things you can do in forza what's that which is the racing game i know right. you don't play video games um I know, I know is, you, forza can, is. <laughs> you can get the beast in the game you can and you can do like engine swaps and and drivetrain swaps and stuff and you can drift it all around the track it is awesome it's so fun <laughs> to just pretend you're dr- like <laughs> fleeing from a, some sort of like terrorist attack yeah. at road america but you can't leave you can only do laps <laughs> That I like that concept for some reason. (laughs) The world's burning and and Trump's just driving around Road America.
1: Not too far from the truth of what happened, as we'll learn. Okay, okay. (laughs) All right, let's start at the beginning, though, Chris. That's what I like to do with this history. That's where we gotta start. So the history of the presidential state car was it a horse?
0: Was it was it George Washington's horse? Well, Are we gonna start there? Yes, but that's, that's not a state car. I'm starting at the car. Okay? Well the first I mean, it was, was it the <sighs> was it the first horse? Did he call it the first horse? Probably the, not. I'm the, sure. I'm sure <laughs> the horse, because a horse has a name. The right? presidential so, ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's slightly different. Uh, no,
1: I'm sure he called his horse by whatever his name was, like Winthrop or something. Winthrop. I'm gonna look up what. That's George a good horse name, isn't it? It is its It's not bad. Yeah. Okay. I gotta no, find out. But uh, what I'm starting is with the turn of the century, following the introduction of the first cars themselves. It was in fact William McKinley, President William McKinley. He was the first serving president to ever have ridden in his, any sort of a
0: car. His horse's name was Nelson, and he also had one named Blueskin, which I think is a pretty – I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. I like Blueskin. That's the one he wrote in the Revolutionary War. Did he belong to a political party at the beginning
1: of the – uh, country like is the, blue horse like the blue No, I think no. he was one
0: of the Sons of Liberty. I don't there was there I was don't know anything about like early as, political parties. I don't know I don't think he was one of the Whigs or anything like that. I honestly don't know the George Washington's political affiliation. I wish that was the case today. Anyway, go on. <laughs> all right, so in fact, the first serving
1: president to ever riven in a car at all was President William McKinley, as I said. He rode
0: in a Stanley steam car in 1901. He wasn't independent. He was an independent. That's why I, I couldn't think of it because he does didn't have one. Oh well, that's kind of cool. That's incredible First president what, was an what independent. Thought, what a thought. There was no wow. Yeah. All right, so McKinley
1: he ran in the the steam car, the Stanley Steamer steamer, but that was more of just like the a Stanley
0: pump. steamer is the guy that comes over to your house to clean your. I carpet. know
1: we've talked about this in the past. It actually was a <laughs> steam car company originally, though. <laughs> So that was more of a publicity stunt than anything actually out of practicality. However, when Theodore Roosevelt, good old Teddy, came into office, cars were starting to become a little more common. And that's what, early 1900s. Exactly. It was like 1910. But the president rejected riding in that newfangled technology for political reasons. You see, Teddy had a reputation to uphold. His image was that of a, quote, rough riding horseman. <laughs> Being seen driving around in the latest automotive technology rather than a horse and carriage certainly wouldn't fit that image. However, that didn't stop the Secret Service from adopting the new vehicles themselves. You know what his horse's name was? Teddy? Yeah, Little,
0: little Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that as much as Winthrop. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he rode it during the Battle of San Juan Hill. That is pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. So it was customary for the Secret Service. I wonder if he was the last president to ever ride into battle. I mean, can, can oh. you imagine, can you imagine in Afghanistan, Trump showing up in the, in the beast, like hanging out the window with an Uzi or something?
1: Well, no, not an Uzi. I don't that's know. an Israeli I weapon, was,
0: Chris. That's very, mo- I've, it sounded very mob, like having an Uzi. <laughs> no, well, he, he'd obviously, he'd have like a, you know, a, a cult AR-15. Yeah. And he'd be hanging out the window with the beast.
1: <laughs> this seems like a political <laughs> cartoon that I can picture right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. The things like
0: blasting across the Afghanistan desert. (laughs) sure why not all right back to our story it was
1: customary for the secret service to follow the presidential horse and buggy on foot but in 1907, they actually purchased. You
0: swine! You. <laughs> well, that's still
1: what North Korea
0: does. Have you oh, seen a video? Our, our guys do walk like when, uh, like when Trump took his little nice little. He went when he had COVID. He went for a little spin, which we'll it's, talk about. I ridiculous. But the Secret Service does walk alongside the presidential limo to this day. They do. They, if he's going slow in a parade or something, right. they're right there. Right.
1: Or when you're Kim jong or whatever it is and you have your weird Chinese vehicle and all the guys are literally running
0: <laughs> to keep up. Have you seen that?
1: No. It's like, what are you doing? Slow down. And these guys are just running full out around I the car. I wonder if there's
0: this, like, in America, the bullets are pretty good. Like, our bullets are good. We have good bullets. They, have, We have hollow point bullets. We have armor-piercing bullets. I uh-huh. imagine in, if there's, like, this, this? this standard of, like, okay, our armor has to be, like, this on the uh-huh. beach because our bullets are good uh-huh. in North Korea because they they just don't really have much of anything for infrastructure <laughs> because their bullets are not as good are the cars not they don't have to have live that's up to the that's why they same have like standard. 50 men just running around yeah yeah exactly they're just cannon fodder <sighs>
1: yeah okay well in 1907 the Secret Service actually purchased a 1907 white motor company steam car to follow President Theodore Roosevelt in his horse-drawn carriage so he's like I'm the big man you know with my horse and I'm in yeah. the carriage yeah. and then meanwhile they're like <laughs> behind, behind him. Behind yeah. him. Yep. So it wasn't until William Howard Taft's time in office that things changed at the White House, Chris. He had all the horse stables converted into garages and purchased four cars for the use at the White House. Yeah. Included were two luxurious Pierce Arrow cars, a Baker Motor Vehicle electric car, and a 1911 White Motor Company steam car. Now, although the Pierce Arrows were more upscale and practical, they weren't his favorite. No, you see, President Taft became a fan of the steam car when he discovered he could conceal himself from press photographers with a, quote, carefully timed burst of steam. (laughs) So I just imagine Taft arriving at some event, being swarmed by media and photographers. I kind of do
0: that in a crowd of people if I don't want to talk to them. It works out great. (laughs) What?
1: You release a... A perfectly timed <laughs> poof of steam. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, no. So so here's Taft getting out of his steam car, giving a nod and a wink to the driver as he exits and a giant release of steam engulfs the crowd. That's Meanwhile, like the,
0: if you're a magician, you drop one of those poof, bombs yeah. on the ground and then poof and then he's Where'd just gone. Go? Where'd the
1: president go? Meanwhile, I feel bad for these photographers though. They're waiting patiently with their single use phosphate flashes on yeah. the stick, you know, snapping the picture just as a cloud of steam ruins the entire shot and there
0: it goes. You're fired. That's That's it. You You didn't didn't get get the shot. You didn't get it. They don't have 500 frames per second like we do today. They (laughs) do not. No.
1: Anyways, moving. Was that... I wanted to ask you as a photographer, 1910, that area, did they still have like the glass plate...
0: Uh, yes. Photo, whatever. Basically silver, yeah, yes. Whatever
1: that is? Yes. Okay, yep. Anyways, moving on to the next administration. Woodrow Wilson had his administration purchase three new Pierce Arrow cars. And apparently he was such a fan of the car, he actually bought one from the White House when he left in 1921. He's like, I really like these. I'm gonna take one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These Pierce arrows were large. That's like the president's. Like
0: uh, I think um, when Clinton. That and, would
1: okay. First of all, that would get some negative publicity. today.
0: I don't know when Clinton's when the Clintons left. They took all the silverware. Is that true? <laughs> it's a hundred percent true. Can all- you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can do you that. Just take things. I don't know. What if you just took the couch? Well, it's apparently like- Wilson actually bought the car. Oh, okay. Well, at least there's that. Yeah, probably for a steep yeah, although, discount. Yeah, all like when uh, when. George Bush came to office, there was no silverware that Clintons had taken in all. (laughs) (laughs) That is
1: ridiculous. All right, so I had to look into these Pierce Arrows, because apparently they were like the car of the day. The company was based in Buffalo, New York, and was active from 1901 to 1938 when it filed for insolvency during the Great Depression. Big luxury cars didn't fare so well during the Great Depression. The Pierce Arrows' engine displacement started at 7.4 liters, continuing to a massive 11.7 liters, and was increased later to 13.5 liters, which makes it the largest six-cylinder engine offered in any production automobile to this day. Each cylinder displaced 1.5
0: liters, Chris. Just, that's like, uh, that's a lot of Mountain Dew. When I think about liters, I just... That's the stupidest measurement. No, well... No, it isn't a liter. You think of like a liter of soda. Oh, a liter of cola. (laughs) Just go. You look at a liter, and you're that's the volume. A one and a
1: half of those is each of six cylinders. That's what I'm saying. It's easy to visualize it that way. Yeah. So, starting in 1918, Pierce Arrow adopted a four valve per cylinder inline six engine with three spark plugs per cylinder making one of the only multi-valve flathead engines ever made. Take remain.
0: that, all you Porsche twin pluggers.
1: <laughs> Three plugs per cylinder. <laughs> and Triple plug. four valves per cylinder on a flathead engine. Wow. That's, yeah, that's wild.
0: Where do they put the spark plug? That, I mean... I looked at I'm a picture. There's
1: the, one on top of a flathead. Yeah. And then there's like coming in from each side of the block too.
0: Oh, in the engine block. Yeah. Wow. I okay. don't know. I don't get it. It's crazy. They must have had crazy detonation issues. Like the mixture just was not... You know, just mixing properly in the combustion chamber. Yeah, I
1: talk about it in a later engine here, but it like the um the fuel at the time I can't imagine oh, was that well controlled it was as probably far as like swill. octane. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So uh next up is President They still sell that fuel in the south as like eighty-four octane. I've seen it, it's the worst. Really? Yeah. Oh, or out west in the middle of nowhere. You pull up, it's like, wow, eighty-five. Good grief, 84. yeah, I have seen eighty-five yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, president
1: Warren G. Harding was the first president to use a car to drive to his own inauguration,
0: and was the first. Although, so I'm sorry, this leaded fuel yeah. back then, which has that is, itself is, much, is an, uh,
1: de- a detonation detriment. Or yeah, that's no, like it, an octane, it, it right? helps.
0: It helps with detonation, right? Leaded, yeah, leaded that is gas. what octane. So maybe is that's as well. that's why they had lower octane ratings back then is because oh, they, they were, were all very low compression engines though, too. True. True. So uh, what's the compression on your, your truck? It's gotta be like seven to one or, or eight to one or something. Oh, like the that, C10. Right? I don't yeah, know. It's they're low. That's oh, yeah. why that thing runs. It just, it sounds like, yeah. right? I mean, there's, yep. it just doesn't make the compression noise that we're used to hearing. And yeah, you're right. Engine. It does make a different. Yeah.
1: And that's why a lot of like really high end race engines, they sound different. And you
0: can feel it. Yeah. Yep. It's just boom. All right. Warren Harding. See your favorite president? No. Okay. Calvin Coolidge is my favorite president.
1: Coolidge? Oh, I don't think I have Coolidge on the list. Oh, I'm sorry. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Well, Harding, he was the first to drive to his inauguration, and he was the first qualified driver to be elected president. After all, it wasn't actually until 1959, Chris, that the last state required a person to be licensed to drive a car. So, of course, none of these early guys were ever getting their driver's license. He didn't need to. If you could afford a car, you can drive it. Many other presidents had official cars for the presidential duties, which were just factory vehicles, including my favorite, which was Herbert Hoover's Cadillac 16. The Cadillac 16 was Cadillac's top-of-the-line model from 1930 in its launch until 1940. The 7.4-liter V16 engine that powered the car was a first in the United States. With Cadillac's cheap competitor Packard already having sold a V12 engine, Cadillac knew it needed to up the ante. Its largest engine at the offering what, at the time was basically a straight eight.
0: These things had like this weird target top too. Like the Cadillac they, 16? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It has yep. like the front passengers have a the, the top comes off. Is that kind of like a remnant of the horse-drawn carriage? It is. Where we the,
1: actually did a whole uh history story on
0: Sunroofs. The sunroof. <laughs> which and this is, is super where we interesting. talk about this. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah, it's the that whole thing is the the driver is not supposed to be covered, whereas the passenger in the carriage
0: is covered. Yeah, you you're you're actually making someone suffer more so you can feel well, better about yourself.
1: The it used to be that they were then more aware of their surroundings. The thought was you need to be out in the environment in order to properly drive.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure that was the excuse they all used as they sat there in opulent luxury in oh, the back exactly. of their V sixteen Cadillac.
1: Exactly. So it's uh the largest engine offering to date were the straight eights that the Cadillac offered before the V sixteen. So in order to keep the development of this Who engine. The a fireball, secret,
0: is that the Fireball straight eight? Or what what's the what's I believe
1: the... that is a GM product. Okay. You should look that up. Yeah. But what's interesting is even back in the day here in 1930, they wanted to keep it's a Buick,
0: the, Buick Straight Eight Fireball. The
1: Buick is the Fireball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They wanted to keep with Buick is GM. So yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um But they wanted to keep this a secret, even back in the 30s, the development of this engine. Packard already had the V12. So in order to keep the development of this engine a secret, Lawrence Fisher, who was the Cadillac general manager, accidentally leaked to the press that the company would be building its own V12 engine to compete with Packard. Meanwhile, of course, behind closed doors, the Cadillac V16 was being developed. It was, in essence, two Cadillac straight eight engines on a common crankshaft and crank case. What's the displacement of this thing? Uh, this is 7.4 liters. So pretty big.
0: It's like a 458 or something. Like okay, that so it's, it's a small V12, as they all are. Right. It's quote-unquote small. I mean, but it's is, a V16, Chris. Yeah, so the cylinders are not big. No, is what I'm they're saying. pretty
1: small. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, though, even though they shared a crankcase, each bank operated entirely independently of the other. No shared components. Ignition, fuel delivery, and cooling were all separate on each bank yeah. from the other one.
0: The engine was... Extremely well engineered. Imagine we, if one side blew a head gasket or something like that. You, you could, could keep going. You could still get away from the exactly. you know, the the terrorists. Sure. Well, we're talking about presidential limits. Yeah, but here. this I'm was thinking, just a factory off. I know, but I'm thinking of like the benefits of this room. <clears throat> is,
1: hugely, gotta, hugely yeah, beneficial. Yeah, right. Uh, engine was very well engineered, with one of the largest engineering challenges being the counterweighted crankshaft. There weren't any computer simulations to work out all the primary and secondary force vibrations and torque loads from the massive engine and all the different connecting rod points and bearing loads and everything else. Instead, it was all done on the chalkboard. That's crazy. They said it was such a mathematical challenge for these mathematicians and engineers to figure out how to develop this shared crankshaft.
0: Right. Well, it's all done with a slide rule on a drafting table and a chalkboard. That's. I mean, that's a really, really, really unique thing when you think about society today where some guy just spins it around and,
1: <laughs> in... In some CAD do, model and yeah, it says, exactly. go. yeah," exactly.
0: And then it all of a sudden prints on your 3D printer. Yep. So the engine also incorporated overhead valves and hydraulic
1: tappets at the
0: time. Do you think that the labor... Okay, this is kind of a, you know... Not this is a, a Chris uh This isn't tangent. a question that can really be answered. This it's is a hypothetical more, is hypothetical. what they call that. Well, sort of. Do you think that the labor to build that engine is... Uh, is, I think it's more impressive. Impre- is it more special? Is the engine more unique because of the amount of labor and the intellectual capital that it took to build it versus the engineers that are building engines today using computers? Well, I, an, an engine today is certainly
1: more precise, most likely, but I still like the romanticism, the fact that that was developed more or less by hand. Right. So there's certainly, yeah, a difference between it. And here's what's amazing to me. The 7.4 liter 16-cylinder engine, all it had for fueling, was one single barrel carburetor per bank. <laughs> wow. It made 165 it's...
0: horsepower. Why didn't they just add more carburetors?
1: I don't know. Well, after doing some digging, I did find that this was due to the relatively lame compression ratio of five to one. Wow. So it just wasn't sucking that much air through. But as we mentioned, I think it's, The fuel in the 1930s, especially during the Depression, probably wasn't developed for high octane. No, but
0: still, more carburetors, please.
1: Agreed. Can you imagine individual throttle bodies on a V16? Oh, somebody's probably done it. I don't think so. There weren't that many of these. Just over 4,000 were built in 10 years run with the Great Depression. All right, Jake, you got to move
0: goals. out to the country, find a V16, and we're going to put it in, in in something. Why do I have
1: to move out to the country to do that?
0: <laughs> because then, because <laughs> the, you're never going to fit it in your You drive. need more room for yeah. all the cylinders? Yeah. Is that
1: what you're getting at? Yeah, exactly. All right, well, moving back to our presidential state cars, President Roosevelt was the first administration. FDR? Yes, FDR was the first administration to have a vehicle. Did you know, fun fact, I had to look into this. I go, wait a minute. There were two Roosevelt presidents. Yes. Did you know they were distantly related? Yes. So they were fifth cousins. They even kind of looked similar. Here's what's really weird is the wife, so Eleanor Roosevelt, which is the wife of FDR. Yep. She was the She's the the one that's been
0: misattributed the quote that says, uh, nothing is better than speed, hot, badass speed, or whatever it is. Wait, what? Yeah. I've never heard that. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll grab it. No,
1: but she's actually the niece of Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. So it's some weird, like, fifth generation incestuousness.
0: <laughs> America is all about speed. Hot, nasty, badass speed. Eleanor Roosevelt quote from film Talladega Nights. <laughs> 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 okay, it's totally, totally misattributed. yeah. I got yeah. You, I But got hey, you. if she was riding around in a V16 Cadillac, maybe she was into that hot, uh, badass
1: speed. Yeah, no, she is the administration afterwards. So all these vehicles up until now were basically just purchased off the factory floor, right? So, the first administration to have a vehicle custom built to the Secret Service's specifications was FDR's administration. Yeah, he loved to spend money. <laughs> the 1939 <laughs> Lincoln Sunshine Special had an extended wheelbase, room for 10 passengers, rear doors hinged backwards, heavy duty suspension, two side mounted spare tires, standing platforms attached to the exterior to accommodate all the Secret Service agents. And the nickname Sunshine Special, because I know what you're going to ask, was a reference to the retractable roof was famously enjoyed by the president who had his roof brought down during public
0: gatherings. Now here's the question is he was in a wheelchair. Yes. So how did 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 the car have any uh, accoutrements for uh, somebody that would be in a wheelchair? Did they have a spot they didn't for the wheelchair? Mention that. And here's what's also interesting. It was, well, here's the thing. It was very, very secretive. Nobody really so knew. So much so.
1: So this is actually the second presidential vehicle that FDR's administration used. The first went against, he was a very stubborn man when it came to that, obviously. And the Secret Service had a long-standing rule that still exists today that no acting president can drive himself. Cannot drive. The Secret Service just will not allow they it. They will not allow you to drive. Okay, so um, yeah, I'd have a, I guess I can't run for president.
0: No, you would not do well. Sorry, guys. But here's when what you FDR vote did. tomorrow. Don't, don't don't put me don't, on don't. Oh, I already
1: wrote you in, Chris. You're in my absentee ballot.
0: Now what am I gonna How do? How many people do you need to have vote for you, or you actually show up as somebody that got voted for? I I think a lot. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just miscellaneous. They're not going to count all the miscellaneous. A (laughs) lot of people, I'm sure, wrote in someone this year. Well, Donald Duck. Me. Donald Duck gets a lot of votes. I do know that. Oh, does he? Yeah, and so does Mickey Mouse. I kind of like that. Yeah.
1: All right, anyways. No, so what I was going to say is before this vehicle, which was custom made, FDR had, I forget what it was because I didn't include it, but he had basically a car customized with all hand controls that he drove himself around in. That's awesome. To be seen driving.
0: Right. Right? Because obviously a cripple can't drive. Certainly not. So that's not him. Yeah. Really, really. FDR was a really, really interesting person. Yes, he was. So the
1: Sunshine Special, excuse me, underwent two sets of modifications over the years. First, in 1941, the car's top was lowered three inches out of aesthetic concerns. I love that someone at the White House thought, hey, this roof looks kind of ugly and had it chopped like some street rod. They literally chopped the top because it looked ugly a couple years after it had been in service. After the attack on Pearl Harbor then, the Secret Service realized that the president was especially vulnerable while in transit, and the car underwent additional modification, being fitted with armor, one-inch thick bulletproof glass, quote, metal-clad flat-proof inner tubes... A tr- radio transceiver, a siren, warn- red warning lights, and compartment for submachine guns. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uzis. Yeah, well.
0: <laughs> no, they're probably grease guns. Yes, they were. Yeah, at I bet point. they were. Tommy
1: guns. It. Thompson machine guns. I bet what they were at the
0: time. I bet they were the grease guns because they're much smaller and they have a vertical magazine. Where are you going to put a. Well, I guess the Thompson had a vertical magazine too. Yeah, well, you just I'm always saw, the, saw it drum. With the drum. Ah. Oh, you always had it with the drum. <laughs> for the, hey, the gangster.
1: Wait, because, why is he. Okay, oh, that was actual Italian gangster. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Of course.
0: I'm looking at a picture of uh, all the secrets. Secret Service agents all standing on the riding boards. Yeah, just yep. riding that's on why it had
1: the extended running boards. And so the precedent was set, Chris. Every presidential state car since the Sunshine Special has been heavily modified and fortified. So before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about our sponsor, Oberk Car Care. Orbicar Care is your source for professional detailing compounds and supplies that is research tested and developed by professional detailers themselves. They make a ceramic coating
0: that is bulletproof.
1: I don't think that is true at all. (laughs) No, no, they don't. These guys are passionate about detailing though. And they know firsthand what makes a good product and they truly are great products. I love that. It's simple, foolproof two-step process. It's easy and gives an amazing finish right now. They're offering 20% off your order, when it used the code OVERCREST. And that discount code is good not only on OberCarCare.com, but also on DetailedImage.com and CarSuppliesWarehouse.com. Please go check them out today. All right, Chris, when it came for Harry S. Truman to order a new presidential vehicle, rumor had it he didn't give General Motors an opportunity to bid on the project, as he had a grudge against the company since they would not give him use of the cars during the run for his 1948 presidential election. Which, Chris, I realize politics can be trifling, but come on. Just because GM didn't give you a free car as a candidate, you're going to stiff them. No comment?
0: Just sounds... Predictable.
1: All right. Regardless, in 1950, he chose Lincoln then to make the presidential state car. The cars then went to Coach Builder's Henry Motor Company and Hessen Eisenhart, providing extra security features, most notably extra headroom, to accommodate the tall silk hats popular at the time. So hold on, FDR had the roof on his car chopped basically just to look cool, while <laughs> Truman here had his roof on his car raised so he could wear his hats. <laughs>
0: These are the important things that our tax dollars go to. Yes. Well, he had to have that big brain where he was thinking about what to do, to, whether he was going to drop a bomb on millions of people or not. So. At least he had his
1: hat on. Yeah. It's interesting to note that ever since Herbert Hoover's awesome Cadillac 16, all presidential state cars have been either Lincoln's or Cadillacs, with all of them painted either dark blue or black. And so, now we come to what is the most infamous presidential state car ever, JF Kennedy's Lincoln convertible.
2: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You'll excuse the fact that I'm out of breath, but about 10 or 15 minutes ago, a tragic thing from all indications at this point has happened in the city of Dallas. Let me quote to you this, and I'll, you'll excuse me if I am out of breath. A bulletin, this is from the United Press, from Dallas. President Kennedy and Governor John Colony have been cut down by assassins bullets in downtown Dallas. They were riding in an open automobile when the shots were fired. The President, his limp body carried in the arms of his wife, Jacqueline, has rushed to Parkland Hospital. Uh, and if you'll excuse me, if I give some directions, and we talk about what we're going to do here for the next few minutes, but Bobby, let's tape this, if you please. Particularly the interview with the eyewitness people, it is being taped. Good. Here's a uh, piece of copy that was rushed uh, to me and was torn off from the United Press in Dallas. President Kennedy has been shot in Dallas. Has been shot in Dallas, Texas. He was shot as a motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed the president. She cried, we mm-hmm. standing." On Houston Street between Maine and the next street over, Jerry, come in, would you please? Uh, And the next street over, we watched the President come by and gave him the applaud that is due the Office of the President of the United States. And as he turned left, two or three shots rang out. We thought they were firecrackers until, uh, I thought they did, until the last shot rang out and we heard people screaming. And we rushed over in time to see a policeman standing behind one of the fire poles, Look, looking around, if, if to, uh, for some place to shoot, someone to shoot at, uh, I'd like to remind you here that as the news comes in to the newsroom, we will be on the air. We'll have our eyewitness people here in just a moment. Uh, Vicky, would you see if they need some coffee or something? These people are awfully shaken up. They come awfully close. They were in the line of fire. Jerry, I remember Jay, you said uh, I thought it was, you know, uh, a uh, firecracker, firecracker, or something like that, and then they followed one shot, and then a second or two later another shot and then another second or the two, third one third shot and you said the man's been shot at and we both turned no i said my god that's gunshot that's right oh. and then we turned
0: right over we were behind the bobby
2: why don't you just take your shot over there and pan around and we will walk over and pick up the audio
0: and that's you know everybody thinks about the the walter cronkite clip where he exactly he's like wringing his hands and he's he's brings the brad news to American people, but this, this, this
1: was, was actually the first public
0: reporting of the incident that happened on November 22nd, 1963, and it I was... I still get, like, these weird goosebumps. I mean, I can't imagine. No,
1: that's what I... I, I can't imagine that happening, and you were hearing about it live, and it's just... It's a, a very moving kind of thing to hear firsthand.
0: It's... I don't think there's been any more limo since, or any convertible since, rather. There haven't. Yeah. I and mean, we'll talk about that.
1: So the nineteen sixty one Lincoln Continental, codenamed by the Secret Service as SS one hundred K, was X, ironically SS one hundred X? I'm sorry, SS one hundred X, yes, typo here. That I think that stands for Secret Service one hundred X. So it was ironically designed from the onset with a single goal in mind, Chris, making the president visible when driven in public. The SS100X had a selection of three removable roofs, a standard soft top, a lightweight metal one, and a transparent plastic one. But since the car was designed to be driven without a roof in most public appearances, the cabin featured heavy-duty heaters and an air conditioner for the president's comfort, along with retractable standing platforms in order to lift the president even higher into the view. It even featured a hydraulic lift that raised the rear seat cushion 11 inches off the floor, again, all for a better sight picture. I mean... Visibility of the president. Oh, Jesus. Too soon? (laughs) Too soon. Okay. Unfortunately, as you know, it proved to be not the best strategy. Following Kennedy's assassination in Dallas, the vehicle was redesigned
0: to strengthen security. Equipped with permanent bulletproof Did did you see what this thing cost? It was a lot. No, it wasn't. No? It was $7,347. What? What are you talking about? equivalent to today's money, is $62,859. Huh. So it just wasn't that expensive because no. they weren't doing that much. I mean, granted, it had like a few different things. Well, like,
1: it's interesting because, yeah, we talked about the sun Sunlight Special or Sunshine Special. That was kind of armored because
0: World War II, right. Pearl Harbor. Well, this thing got significant armor plating, you know, the, the bulletproof hardtop that you mentioned. Right. And some like weird, I think the steering radius was way shorter. Like okay. It, it could do a better turn. Sure. Like it, it just for the getaway. The turning the, circle. Yeah, the turning circle was like right. five inches shorter. Or I something. just find
1: it... Kind of ironic that the whole, everything they modified this thing to do was to make it more visible.
0: Yeah. The president's visibility.
1: So following Kennedy's well, assassination.
0: What, they, so they don't have convertibles anymore. Like, like no, they don't. Now, but what the president does do now is he gets out of the car and walks next to it to see the people. Which is, they can say, okay, we'll do it here. It's not like a pre-planned thing where he's driving around with his... With his head out, you know, like for the whole thing, he can right. just get out, walk, and then get back in. Okay, so it's not like a, a shooter can go, oh, he will, he's going to be here on the corner, right here. Not, yeah, yeah, exposed. i ready. I've been staring out this window in the in the library for last. It was
1: a book depository, Chris. A book depository. What is a book depository? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's just a library. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's what's interesting, and I didn't realize though. So after the assassination, the vehicle was redesigned. Have you watched
0: the Zapruder film in like slow motion? Oh and everything. yeah, I've seen
1: it. It is. I have you been there? No, I've I took not. a tour of it. I've yeah. been there to Dallas, right there. It's and where strange being. I drove places. where Kennedy was. They have a little X where the shot
0: happened on the streetway. Yeah, it's wild. It's it's interesting because this you get so disassociated from the stuff. Oh, you see it, and you know you see, uh, you know his his wife Jackie, like you know scooping his brains yes, off yes. the freaking – the, car, the trunk, yeah. And he's laying there and she's trying to put him back into her I know. head. I know, It's these really, really terrible things in these images. And you get so disassociated from it because you see it on this. this You're old like, oh, eight. that was something that happened it was something, so long ago. It was something that happened. And it's not even that it happened so long ago. It's just, it's something that happened. And then, but it was, it was a real thing that happened at a real place. And it's always this hindsight thing where you can see a video of it, but when you go actually see something, you'd be there. It's this weird experience where like, this doesn't, this, this just, isn't how I pictured this it. This is just a normal place. Yes. It was doesn't very have normal. Like this, you know, you put these events on a pedestals as these iconic moments in history, but it's just I a normal I saw the grassy place. knoll, and it
1: was right there. I was like, oh, so it's just right here. Like, I didn't have a spatial awareness, or my, it was much different than how I pictured it. Like, right. The knoll is not big. It's just a little hill. Right. With a parking lot up top, and then the book depository is behind you right there, and it's just, you're like, oh, okay, weird.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's regular places with regular people. Exactly. Yeah,
1: um, Here's what's interesting, though, about that whole thing, is that same car actually served President LBJ until 1967. Yeah, they, but they kept using the car after They painted putting, it black, though. They, yep, they repainted it instead of blue. It was a navy blue before. They painted it black and put the bulletproof hardtop on it. Now, up until... Can you
0: imagine sitting in the back seat no, kind of just like... Uh, I
1: really did they hope ble- they reupholstered it. Did they bleach this thing? Or I mean, something. Just,
0: yeah. That's what
1: I find so imagine weird. Imagine
0: getting back there and, like, finding some hair or something and just being like, oh, my my god Ugh. no no nope. I, I couldn't do it It'd be you like, can't right. even buy a used car without cleaning it thoroughly no i can't and did you know that if someone dies in a house with uh they have to basically like if say that right if it's if it's natural yeah they don't but if someone gets oh. murdered you do you have to tell them so it's, which is interesting well lots of people die of natural causes in a house but yeah, most I still people don't like that murdered. either though now that I think about it. I want to know if anyone dies anywhere in any house. You want an X on the floor like there was on the road. Yeah, and like then i right just there? will not buy the house. <laughs> or I just, can tell you, you, you that. Put like a little fence around that spot and just like I'll not. I'll just
1: know, oh my god, with Halloween Nikki's been watching
0: horror movies. I don't like horror movies. I don't movies either. At I don't all. like I especially don't like jump scares. We
1: watched The Haunting of Blind Manor, which was actually pretty good. I saw that as well. Yeah. That was it was more Wait, like I think I watched the second one. That is the second one. Oh, it is the second one. That it one I good. liked, it was more of like a psychological thriller Yeah, not scary. Yeah. Yeah. But then we started watching the first one, the Haunting of Hill House. I haven't watched that. And one I was yet. like, nope, nah, great, just not my thing. She's trying to get me to watch that right
0: nope. now. No, I don't want to be scared. No, don't do I it. I don't need to be scared. But I don't know. A- I'm
1: like any house that I buy, that anyone has lived in, and probably died in. It's going to be haunted. I'm going to be haunted for the rest of my That's life.
0: That's what I'm thinking Is this was. This if, is a haunted you, car. It's a haunted car. You, could, you couldn't... If I was the president, you couldn't get me within 100 no, yards I'll of this car. I'll go back to the horse and carriage. Yes, please. Anything Although that's but probably haunted too, because that's so old. <laughs> There's no All way right. I would get in this car. No, no chance. Me neither. None.
1: All right, let's move along then. Up until this point, every presidential state car had been purchased by the administration and then customized and commissioned and paid for by the White House. However, in 1906. <laughs> <laughs> I lost a number. 1960 something. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ford seemed to have realized that the value of the most powerful man in the world being seen in a Ford product. So, when
0: the next Lincoln
1: Continental well, was being the commissioned. This is
0: when Ford was all over marketing. Obviously. Yeah. We oh, know a lot yes. of other Good pretty point. big pretty time point. things happen.
1: So, the next Lincoln Continental was being commissioned with a cost of $500,000, which is equivalent to nearly $4 million today. That's a step up. Ford offered to simply lease the vehicle to the federal government for $1 a year. That's that, that's some good marketing right there. Yes, it is. With 4,000 pounds of armor and, quote, a bubble top thicker than the protective cockpit of an F-16 fighter jet, the 11,000-pound car could still reach God. speeds of 100 miles an hour with its 348 horsepower V8 and, even more astonishingly, could drive continuously at 50 miles an hour with all four tires completely deflated. I love that that's what they tested.
0: I've seen some pretty shitty cars do that on cops. (laughs) (laughs) True.
1: (laughs) I mean, they seem
0: to maintain a pretty high rate of speed with the sparks flying out of their rims. That
1: is true. All right. So since then, the various administrations have had similarly outfitted limousines built by either Cadillac or Lincoln. The current presidential limousine, nicknamed The Beast, debuted with Trump's first trip to New York City in September of 2018. Now, Road & Track described the state car as massive and tall, weighing 20,000 pounds. Wow. Wow. Intended to look like a stretched version of Cadillac's XT6 sedan, Car and Driver reported that the car is actually built on the GMC Topkick heavy truck platform and uses the headlamps from a Cadillac Escalade and
0: the grille from the Cadillac Escala concept car. Oh my God, the Topkick is that, Semi-looking truck Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's that really like Yeah Yeah, yeah. it's very Jake Yeah, it's GMC Jake <laughs> So the Beast You know is- if you ever become super famous Like if this podcast just blows yeah. up You're going to have to have a yeah version of something Yeah It'll be the GMC yeah, yeah.
1: It's the new Hummer The new Hummer could be the yeah version <laughs> yeah,
0: The oh, yeah edition oh, yeah Like the Eddie Bauer edition the But yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> And all it does is come with a pre. <laughs> you can pick your license plate And get like a Get like truck nuts and a trailer hitch on it <laughs> I love it.
1: Oh, my God. I would love it. Yeah. All right. So I just think it's funny that it's
0: modeled. And a booster seat.
1: Yeah, you never be able to change.
0: It. You never I be did. able to change. It. Okay. When I did look at this,
1: the beast, I was like, wow, that has a lot of ground clearance. How would you step up into it? <laughs> I to say, uh, that's the only problem uh, you would have <laughs> All right. I just thought it was interesting. It's meant to look like an XT6, but everything's so much bigger proportionally that they used the Escalade headlights on it. So it has the big SUV headlights on a sedan, and it doesn't look out of place. So, the Beast is actually one of a dozen that make up contract initially estimated at $15.8 million. It's believed to use a Duramax diesel engine, closely related to that, featured under the hood of a lot of GM heavy-duty trucks. And aside from the durability associated with a diesel, the fuel has a low volatility that reduces the risk of it exploding. And it can be found everywhere in the world, unlike high-quality unleaded fuel, which is, as we know, hard to come by. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at this truck now. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right, right yeah.
1: All right, the Secret Service drivers... You have to imagine who's driving these things, especially this behemoth. Right. The Secret Service drivers have undergone extensive tactical driving training on a secluded military base with input. Sorry, Bob,
0: you're going to have to do that J-turn again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's what's cool. Not only are they instructed by professional drivers, but also the GM engineers responsible for developing the vehicle itself. So the engineers are there saying, nope, you can put a hell of a lot more stress on that or do X, Y, Z. We built it that way.
0: And it's what I don't want to say it's a bummer that we'll never get to see it in action because <laughs> saying that means wait, the president just, is just dead. But, no, just wait. Okay. Just wait, Chris. Are we? Is this going to be a C, like a sea trial? Have you ever seen the way off topic? <laughs> Have you ever seen the sea trials for aircraft carriers when they go out in the ocean for oh, the, and the first they time? Do the quick turn. Holy shit. They go full speed
1: and then do a full turn.
0: And it's like the whole thing
1: rocks on its side. And and it's it's almost like the
0: deck is touching the water. Yeah, They are incredible what they're able and capable. There's not many videos of it out there. Right. It's kind of like this low key thing that you're not supposed to know about. Right. But the capability, it looks like the planes would just slide off the deck. I know. I'm just imagining them doing something like this. I wonder if they... (laughs) I'm imagining it gets, like it
1: gets better what they do. I'm it imagining
0: like a balloon doll of Trump in the back, like <laughs> probably with a couple <laughs> blow up dolls right next to him, just to make sure that his <laughs> his lady friends are are all set uh-huh. in the back and just like uh-huh. crash dummies. But right? yeah, that's what I'm imagining is is in the and back. And if they deflate, things. you know the armor didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, so let's talk about some of the equipment on this vehicle that makes it the beast, and live up to the term. The car is hermetically sealed against biological and chemi- chemical weapons attacks. It has its own air supply. The exact so there was
0: no way that the COVID was getting out of the car when exactly. Trump was in. Exactly! It was all set. <laughs> I'll, you, I'll let you talk about that. No, it's okay. That That's later. Cool. All right.
1: So the exact composition of its armor is classified for obvious reasons, but it's reported to use a composite of aluminum, ceramic, and steel. The exterior walls have a thickness of eight inches thick, while the windows are multi-layered, five inches thick.
0: This so what results... are they supposed to be able to stop? What kind of? Uh... Uh, like everything,
1: just everything. Well,
0: come on, obviously. I don't not know. But... I
1: didn't find. Well, they're not going to be like, oh, okay, you can get through it with a 50 cal, but you can't with a 9 mil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't. They don't.
0: They're it's not listing this. A 50 cal. Pr- uh, well, it depends if it has those depleted uranium rounds. Right. That... Yeah. That are
1: really heavy and thick. Yeah. Yeah, no, they didn't. They're not going to tell you what rounds it'll. I'm stop. surprised
0: somebody hasn't gotten one of these on YouTube.
1: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll. I'm glad you said that. Now wait till later, and I'll tell you why you can't get one of these. I will shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> Quit ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the doors are so heavy because of the five layer multi stack glass windows that are bulletproof. Now roof. you're
0: saying it's like it's like probably thirty little pieces that are together. Something. right? Something. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: five inches thick. It has eight inch thick armor on the doors and the results in each door wing as much as those on a Boeing 757. You know, the ones where the flight attendant has to go, push it in. That's these doors. Now onto the really, really fun stuff, Chris. My theory is that every single one of these features came about from some secret service member watching James Bond and thinking,
0: wait, why don't? Why don't we have that? Why don't we just drop traps on the ground while everybody's tired? So first Where's off. Where's the oil slick button? It
1: has one. <laughs> it has one, Chris. Are, that is actually a thing. <laughs> I know. It has one. That's amazing. It has an oil slick. <laughs> it can deploy an oil slick. Does it shoot missiles? What? Yes, it does <laughs> shoot missiles. It can shoot RPGs out of its bumper. Rocket propelled grenades out of the bumper.
0: That seems like a a Pinto-style accident waiting to happen. Yeah, <laughs> a little
1: rear end. You probably crash don't want to. You'd probably want rear end No, you don't. Okay, so again, keep a safe distance. Again, you're 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 ruining this my no, my this big reveal, Dude. but it's pretty amazing. So the beast features specially designed Goodyear tires that are reinforced with Kevlar. They are literally bulletproof tires. If somehow they did become punctured, they are naturally still run flats and can yep. go forever. Yep. Next up, straight out of Tomorrow Never Dies. Which was the James Bond movie, the beast can electrify its door handles, essentially <laughs> electrocuting any would be abductor who tried to open the door in vain. The fuel tank is not only armor plated, it is also constructed with a specialized. Can't can, can they
0: just lock the door?
1: Yes, but it's <laughs> electrified too. So then, if you're sitting there trying to, with your lock picking kit, if you think you're going to sit there next to the beast and pick open his thing, you're just going to get electrocuted there's,
0: to death. I'm getting. Gar- <laughs>
1: Someone, uh, to my point, someone obviously watched James Bond and was like, Well, what the heck? We can put this in our vehicle. Oh Why can't God. we do this? So the fuel cell, as I talked about, it's fully armored, but it also is constructed of a specialized foam cell that when ruptured will prevent any explosion. Sure. In addition, the presidential state car boasts bumper-mounted rocket-propelled grenades, as I <laughs> talked about. I cannot believe that. Naturally, there's night vision optics all around. Imagine they- all the things that we don't know a tear gas cannon yeah, and smoke screen generators. And of course a legit and oil a DJ. slick. <laughs> oil slicks. It can deploy an oil slick. Jeez. Um, As you may have imagined, if you were to pop the trunk on this, you would find a fully stocked armament of shotguns, rifles, and submachine guns. And if the president is somehow injured during all this, the Beast has an extensive range of medical supplies on board, including a refrigerator full of the president's own blood type. So you can do a full blood transfusion right there in the limo. The Beast also contains an expansive array of communication technologies, including, among other things, the ability to dispatch the codes necessary to fire nuclear weapons right there from the limo
0: there's a half of the political parties uh, in this country doesn't like that idea. I no, I that. guess not.
1: Now, Chris, you and I have both been on the same racetrack as Trump and the Beast. Did you know that? I did. Yes, just a few weeks ago, Trump held a rally at the Wisconsin
0: Lacrosse Speedway. We were there. I drove all yes, the track. Well, he made a lap of the track. He must have saw COVID like, and all. He must have saw, <laughs> saw the pictures. And yeah, he saw it from those... the
1: Overcrest rally, and he's
0: like, all right, d- that we, we, Chris we guy's do that. got it. We, we got to go do that. get that down there." However, here's... here's What are we actually protecting when we are talking about all of this? It's not the president. We're not protecting the president. We're talking. We're we're, we're protecting the American economy. We're protecting the American. uh, That's a good point. Because honestly, if the president dies, he's just a man. The next guy, who cares? It was Truman after FDR. But these are just men. Okay, the men come and go. We've had tons of presidents. I am guessing 90% of the people can't tell you what anybody past Bill Clinton did in the past. Okay? They don't know. I would agree they they that. don't know like what their what their big thing was that they were going to do like Obama had Obamacare blah 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 blah. Nobody really knows stuff that happened. But we have to protect the American way of life, the right. American economy, the American system, the uh, the the chaos that can, we don't want to have any chaos in the cities. We don't want to have looting and rioting. We don't want to have civil war. We don't want to have any of these things. So we, we have to make sure that he's safe so that there, there's not like this uh, social reaction or right. real it, reaction it to the president being the killed. The social construct. Correct. More than anything. Yes, yeah. That's what we're really protecting. Yeah,
1: yeah. And the idea of the security of the US government.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely projecting an image of exactly. like, don't fuck with us because exactly. we have rocket propelled grenades in our bumpers. Obviously. <laughs> and uh, for whatever reason, you literally have an oil slick. Yes. You can't. Th- that even, is a thing. You can't even I didn't chase. think that was a thing. It's the most patriotic oil
1: spill ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on lacrosse, that wasn't the first time the beast has been on the racetrack. However, earlier this year, the presidential state car made history pacing the start of the Daytona 500 with the president on board. Came about, but I have an inkling. A phone call was received the other day in Franklin, Tennessee,
2: at the home of our former colleague, Daryl Waltrip, who retired from broadcasting at the end of the 2019 season, asking him to fly to Palm Beach this morning and join President Trump on Air Force One on the ride up here to Daytona. So I would not be surprised if Daryl Had a little hand in what we're about to see.
0: Maybe he's giving him some tips down there about those high banks here in Daytona.
2: And are the drivers excited about this? Well, here's Clint Boyer's radio. He's
0: going to pace the field? Yep. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So, yes, he did pace. Are you trying to tell me that NASCAR fans love the president? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now?
1: I, I know that driver did. <laughs> yes, That's all I'm saying. Ha, awesome. <laughs> Which that is basically my reaction to. Yeah, ha, yeah. Awesome. Yep, absolutely. So besides the handful of past presidential state cars that reside in museums, Chris, you most likely will not see one of these cars once they are retired. Quote, it is customary for the United States Secret Service to participate in the destruction of the presidential state car after it has run its course. The federal agents use bullets and explosive rounds for two purposes. The first is to demonstrate the automobile's effectiveness against such weaponry, while the second is to shred the vehicle and destroy the secrets of its manufacturer, armoring, and defensive abilities. So you asked about sea trialing and if we get to see these yeah. things in action.
0: We the don't, secrets, but someone does. We don't,
1: but the Secret Service get to have a day where they basically try to destroy a vehicle that is designed to withstand every manner of explosives
0: and projectiles. Really Can you imagine being at like it. a at like a Christmas party as a Secret Service agent having <laughs> having done that like a previous day, just being like, "Do <laughs> ah, you I ever want to talk about it? I want to tell it. Have everyone you ever seen it. that meme where the guy's just sitting there going, and the veins are popping out on his yeah, head? Yeah, I know exactly that would be what you mean. me not not telling everybody not that I just to tell shot how an RPG. That is God.
1: All right, guys, bring out the fifty cal. We're done messing around here. The RPG didn't do it. Nothing did it. So, regardless. Now you know the history of the official state car of the president of the United States of America.
0: That's a great story, and uh, I want to remind everybody: if you if you know what you're doing, get out and vote. We'd really uh, we really appreciate that. I know we know, we had this conversation off air a little bit earlier. It's
1: we love to recognize that it is such a huge part of the democratic process. Yeah, it really is The ability is
0: special. and the right, the privilege to be able to vote. I just don't feel like social media should be shoving it down my throat that I need to come up with a vote plan. It well, just seems a little bit as
1: I said, I would love it in a perfect world if everyone recognized how big of a deal it was to go vote but you also don't want the people who don't recognize how big of a deal it is to just yeah, vote home. on a whim stay right home. Stay So
0: home. all right guys we uh, we hope you uh, get out there. We do hope that you go vote you absolutely know, it, is, it is important and uh, we will see you guys on Friday. take care. The top of the top